read the post in my Grow Your Potential group and it said, how do you get everything done? Can't fit it all in. I'm trying to work, study, clean the house, get my exercise in and I'm exhausted. I wasn't surprised to see this kind of post. In fact, I see posts like this all the time. I replied and said, you can't do it all. Something has to give. What will you choose to delegate or ditch? For many of us, we want to have it all. We buy into the idea that we should be able to have it all and that in order to be successful, we must be exhausted and burnt out. This is a complete lie and is one that is literally killing people. I hear it in my clients' stories, in the stories of my family and friends, of people out there on the internet. I saw it when I was employed and I see it now amongst my tribe. This myth penetrates into every part of our lives, from personal to professional, and it can bring feelings of resentment, shame, exhaustion, and it can give it to anyone. From stay-at-home mums, to employees, entrepreneurs. We pile on the stress and the guilt, and we beat ourselves up for not achieving more. But what if there was another way? I'm an advocate of doing something you love every day. From making time for self-care through to doing the job that you do. And so today I'd like to focus on your job, your career, your business, whatever you call it and whatever you have. It might be a combination of all those things. I want to talk to you about managing your career rather than letting it manage you. I want to show you that you can develop your career into one that you love. And you can create the life you want to live and to find balance. Sounds a lot for a podcast, no? Give me five minutes and see if this resonates with you. The key to developing a career is a plan. I know, I know, I'm not going to tell you how to write a plan because you know how to do that already. Although, if you do need help with that, then please get in touch. It's also quite difficult to do via podcast. Instead, I'm going to tell you two tips to consider when you're thinking about creating your career development plan. The first is giving your time a purpose. When we think about having balance between life and work, we often think about giving both equal or near equal time to both. But the truth is that some things take up more time than others and at different times of our life. One way to achieve this feeling of balance is to give your time purpose and, as I would say to my kids, put a timer on it. So instead of falling into the black hole of Facebook, (coughs) that would be me, you can use a time management technique that works for you and work with purpose for a fixed length of time. Let's take an example. A recent client of mine was ready to step up in her career. She was working full time, had caring commitments and was committed to a healthy and active lifestyle. She didn't feel she had the time she needed to develop her career in the direction she wanted. Luckily, she came to see me. When we explored it, it came down to not really knowing where to start, and so she felt like she was floundering and using her time ineffectively. We broke down the stages into smaller, more achievable actions so she could work in 20 to 30 minute bursts. She looked at ways to close the gaps in her knowledge. So she came up with shadowing others, talking to people in a similar role, attending a training course, and getting a mentor at work. 
Instead of procrastinating because she didn't know where to start or getting lost in the sea of information, she created a plan which worked for her, and within 12 weeks she'd gained the skills, knowledge and confidence to move up. In this instance, she used the 12-week year by Brian Moran and Michael Lennington, but there are other techniques you can use independently or in combinations such as mind mapping, which is a planning tool, vision boards, which are a planning or a strategic tool, the Pomodoro technique, which is where you set a timer for a specific amount of time, and a SWOT exercise where you look at strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats in a simple four-square combination. In fact, you've probably used these in work already, but you can use them for your personal life as well. They can be really effective. The second thing is observing your thoughts. So your thinking drives your results. It's your thinking that creates your experiences life and in the long run your actions are congruent with your underlying thoughts. When you change your actions you might see a shift but when you change your thinking everything changes. Now I believe that our thoughts are just thoughts, a podcast topic for another day. However for the purpose of today what I mean is we can't control them specifically but we can observe them. We can get curious about the stories we're telling ourselves. So, for example, I'm so rubbish at this, I'll never get it. Instead, you might say, this is really hard, I don't understand this, and then add the magic word, yet, at the end of your thought. This is really hard, I don't understand this, yet. Hopefully you can hear the difference that little word makes. Because when we're stuck in the spiral of negative thoughts, we can do two things. We can wait for them to pass, and they will, or we can challenge them. Ask yourself if the thoughts you're having about being not good enough are true. Look for facts and data to back up the truth. Just be aware, though, that if you truly believe you're not enough, your brain, in a kind of self-sabotaging way will actually look for evidence to back that thought up. In one way you need to be a little bit more scientific about it so look for evidence to prove that you are good enough because that's what you want to believe right? So an easy way to do this is to think about times you've been successful in similar situations. I use this as a career timeline exercise when I'm talking with clients so we think about people's career maybe from when they left school all the way till now or maybe the last five years depending on what's most relevant for them and we look at the highlights and the lowlights in their careers but we focus on the highlights what skills they used what happened how they can build resilience from it how that might be different to how someone else handled it and how that can challenge the thought that they aren't enough But if that doesn't work for you, you might like to consider these prompts. Press pause, go and grab a pen and paper. Here are seven questions for you. In what area of your career are you aware that you need to slow down? Who are you giving all your time and energy away to? What are those things you wish you could do more of or less of? What does self-care mean to you? What would you do to make yourself feel good, happy, relaxed, cared for if you had all the time and resources in the world? 
What does having fun mean to you? What can you do when you, you are at your absolute best? These two things will help you prevent burnout because you're only working with purpose on the things that serve you and you're actively managing your time, which gives you a sense of control. You're also reflecting on your internal narrative, which slows you down. Scheduling time to spend on you, whether it's reflecting, celebrating, relaxing or just doing something you love is essential. Make it part of your plan to develop yourself as well as your career. Thank you so much for listening today. Remember to leave any comments or questions and I will pop back and answer them. You can also join my LinkedIn group for videos, webinars and wisdom from the rest of the tribe. And if you're thinking about how to develop your career this year, or maybe you're ready to take on a challenge or you feel like you're stagnating in your current role or situation, then get in touch over at www.yourtimetogrow.com and join me back here next Tuesday for the next episode.